Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi again, everybody. I'm Tom Brenneman, and you are dialed in with Tom Brenneman. Our producer engineer, as always, Dave Yiddy Armbruster. We thank him for his outstanding work and our friends at the Believe Network for hosting this show. You know, a couple times we've talked about stepping outside of the box a little bit. Earlier, we had Chris Ciccinelli to talk about, uh, you know, his child who was born male and wanted to identify as a female and that whole ride for Chris and his family. Um, We've heard from Mike Reed, a guy who, yes, was a big football star for a couple of years, but then quit and became a musician. Well, from time to time, you know, there are moments in your life where I sat and said to myself, as our oldest child, our daughter Ella, graduated from high school this week, last Sunday, and like many of you, uh, sat there in the stands at the high school football stadium uh, and watched as her class of roughly 120 kids, uh, public high school went through. Uh, graduation ceremonies, and you know, you had graduation parties, and you have all these kinds of things going on. But at the end of the day, you start getting hit uh, with the idea that your oldest child is going to college and they're going to leave the house in the fall. And you're grateful and you're blessed and you're appreciative that you have a child that's uh, given this kind of opportunity to go to college because so many are not. Um, but man, does it hit you? And it is tough. And so my wife Polly and I went through that this week, and I thought, you know what? Maybe some of you uh, can get something out of our experience, my experience, because our guest this week is my daughter, our daughter, Ella Brenneman. And you are dialed in when we come back. Living with Change is a nonprofit organization supporting transgender youth and their families. Transgender youth face higher rates of violence, victimization, substance abuse, suicide risk, and homelessness, but have few resources to help deal with those issues. To combat those numbers and in partnership with Cincinnati's Children's Hospital, LWC created with Living with Change Center for Gender Health serving more transgender patients and families than any other center in the Midwest. For more, please log on to livingwithchange.org. Since 1882, Children's Home of Northern Kentucky has been a lifeline for children and families in crisis. Now known as CHNK Behavioral Health, its team of doctors, nurses, and therapists impacts nearly 4,000 kids and families every year. An array of mental health services, including counseling, addiction treatment, and psychiatric residential care. CHNK also continues to care for abused and neglected youth who are in the state's custody. Right now, CHNK Behavioral Health is offering a free 10-minute conversation with a clinical therapist to help families dealing with the increased pressures caused by the ongoing pandemic. Visit www.chnk.org for more details. Or, for the free conversation with a therapist, call 1-844-YES-CHNK. Ella Mae Brenneman was born on July the 1st, 2003 in Scottsdale, Arizona, to parents Polly and Tom Brenneman. Yep, that's me. Ella, and later her brother Luke, and their entire family moved from Arizona to Cincinnati when she was three years old. Ella attended a 
public uh, high school in Marymount outside of Cincinnati through her junior high school years and then decided going into her freshman year of high school that she was going to try to go to a private Catholic all-girls school. That lasted for one year. And when she came back her first year, she's running on the cross-country team. All of a sudden, her hip is bothering her. It requires major surgery to her hip. And this was as a sophomore, 15-year-old. Nine months later, in August of that next year, she was running in a cross-country meet again, by the grace of God. Over the next two and a half years of high school, she would let her into sports. She put together a 4.1 grade point average. She finished in the top 20 in the world, in the world, in the DECA business competition, and will be headed to college this fall. Ella Brenneman, is there anything that I just talked about with you that I forgot or should have in there? Um, I think you got it covered. You sure? I, I think so, yes. Are you a little nervous about doing this today? I'm not nervous. I'm excited. Okay, I awesome. I think it's interesting. Well, congratulations Thank on you. graduating. Thank you. Has it hit you yet that uh, all of a sudden, you know, you, you got up every day in your house and you, you went to high school and all those kinds of things for the last four years and now all of a sudden those days are over? Well, we got out of school two weeks before we graduated and it did not hit me on the last day of school because I knew that I would still see my classmates and my teachers at graduation and at the celebration after graduation on the boat with all the teachers. But then now that that's actually passed, I think it definitely has hit me because there are people who were there that night that I will never see again. And that is hard to accept and grasp because I'm used to seeing these faces every every single day of my life. You know, let's go back over the last year, year and a half. Um, and, and, and look, there are a lot of people out there whose kids have gone through the same thing. It doesn't matter what grade they're in. Uh, but different states uh, were run different ways. But the bottom line is, is how it was for you as a junior and then a senior in high school during this COVID pandemic. How hard was it to be a student? I think being online the second half of my junior year was definitely a huge advantage for me because I was taking a lot of difficult classes and with the extra time being online to study and do notes and not be sitting in a classroom and be able to spend my time actually understanding what I'm learning definitely helped me a lot and I did do a pretty good job reaching out to my teachers and I think it was the reason that I ended up with such a high GPA at the end of my junior year which is so important. And then in the beginning of senior year, we were only online for the first two weeks of school. And then there was another time that we were hybrid and then all online, but that was because of an outburst of COVID Mm -hmm. cases, but that was for a very short amount of time. So we were basically in person for my entire senior year. And that was definitely so huge because my classmates got so close, just understanding that we were missing out on a lot of stuff in the beginning of the year, but we still had school. And I have a lot of friends who live in some big cities like Chicago, and they had absolutely nothing. They were online almost all year. They had no sports delayed until the spring. And I think that we were really lucky living in Ohio and going to Marymount that we had such an open senior year. Well, you know, you say say Ohio, but I mean, your school district, which is a public school district in Cincinnati, not in the Cincinnati public schools where they've been shut down the entire year. And and that's been going on all over the country. You know, the, the fighting with... You know, the, the teachers' unions, all that kind of thing. The bottom line is, are, I mean, I don't know at 17 if you're able to truly, or are you able to truly appreciate the fact that, that your school 
went to school five days a week, basically starting in August of this past year. I 100% am able to appreciate that because my friends, two of my really good friends, their mom is a teacher for um, kin- for younger kids at a public school in Ohio. And they were online every single day of the year. And that was so hard for her having to plan these lessons. And these are really young kids. These are kids, their parents have to help them set up the technology. Like they're not in class. Their parents are working all day. They're not able to sit there and supervise them and make sure they're actually logging on or helping them. And that was really challenging for her as a teacher to be able to work with them and make sure that they were learning. And even schools around us, close to us, were online far more than we were. Sports were canceled in a lot of other places. Your high school, along with basically all the ones in your high school conference, you had a whole football season in the fall, not in the spring, in the fall. You ran cross country. There was a soccer season. Your high school won the state championship. There was a full basketball schedule. There was a full lacrosse schedule and baseball schedule in the spring. Do you think that, that, that being able to go to some of those things during COVID and or participate in some of those things during COVID was good for school morale? Well, for sure, because there was not a lot of events going on outside of school. Like We did not have any school dances in the beginning of the year, in the beginning of the winter. Those were all canceled, and sports was the one thing that we had that was going on outside of being at school. And when you're in classes at school, you tend to have classes with a lot of the same people every single day. Because if you're in honors classes, you're, you kind of tend to stay with the honors kids in all of your classes. So you don't get to see a lot of other faces. In sports games, you get to see a diverse group of people throughout the stands. And it gives you a really awesome way to talk to people. And cheering on our sports teams and seeing them play other sports teams was definitely something to grasp onto and appreciate because that is the one thing that we had in the beginning of the year. If there's one thing you look back now and that you feel like you really missed out on because of COVID, what was it? I would just say homecoming or our winter dance snowball we had pretty much everything else we were so lucky and in the beginning of the year they were really really strict um the social distancing and the covid rules at the football games that was hard because we were all standing very far apart from each other so it was kind of hard to cheer when you felt like you were the only (laughs) one in the stand cheering and everyone could hear what you were saying but we were still able to go and the only true things that were canceled were those two dances dumbest thing you did during high school Oh, gosh. The dumbest. There dumbest are... thing. You look back and you say, man, that was, that was just dumb. D-U-M-B, dumb. There are plenty that I don't know if I want to say <laughs> on this podcast. But I can tell you my most embarrassing moment. Okay. Well, after I had my hip surgery and I was on crutches my sophomore year, I was walking down from the junior parking lot. And when you're walking down from the junior parking lot to go into school, all the cars driving up into both parking lots, you pass and you have to cross through. And I was on the top of the stairs ready to walk down. Hey, just to, just to interrupt you real quick, just so people who don't know your high school, I mean, you know, like a lot of Cincinnati, everything's on a giant hill. So your parking lot is up on this hill and you have mm-hmm. to walk downstairs to get to at your actual school. And it was also in the dead of winter, icy, snowy, it was a disaster. So I'm on the second step on my way down the stairs and my crutches just slip out from underneath me and I just take a fall down all of these stairs and every single car pulling into the high school and all of the upperclassmen behind me walking into high school are watching me like, oh my gosh, this girl really just fell down all these stairs. And at first I was a little concerned that I hurt myself because I was still on crutches after my hip surgery. But once I realized it was just a couple cuts and bruises, I have to say that was extremely traumatizing and embarrassing and 
that was something. <laughs> I want to ask you about social media. Um, a lot of people listening out there are uh, parents, primarily dads probably listening to this show, uh, who can share this with their wives. Th- there's so much talk about it. Good, bad, both. What do you think? Well, before I address it, I would like to give a background that I'm not the person to get myself super involved in social media and the way that I take my emotions out on it. I use it for the primary purposes of just Snapchat and Instagram and talking to my friends. So I've never used it as an outlet to express anger or You're frustration. You're not on Twitter or something like that. I'm not on Twitter okay. or anything okay. like that. So, But you can still face the same challenges from other people, whether it's bullying, whether whatever it might be. For sure. Uh, on Instagram or whatever. I didn't mean to interrupt, but go ahead. I think I've used social media as positively as I can. I I really enjoy using apps like Pinterest and even TikTok has given me ideas of crafts and different stuff I can do around my house that I wouldn't have thought of before without social media. But there's also the aspect of Instagram and Snapchat. Like There have been times, especially after my hip surgery and a little bit during my junior year when I focused a lot on school and a lot on work, I wasn't around my friends as much, which I know you know during junior year and the beginning of it, I didn't spend as much time with my friends because I was just really locked in and busy. And seeing the Snapchat stories and seeing the posts of them together was hard. And I knew that what I was doing was something I wanted to be doing, which was focusing, but it's still hard to see the posts. And, and I also think that people make things look... 10 times more fun on social media than they are in person. That is a, that's just a fact. Like you can edit photos and you make them look fun. You're smiling for a picture, even though you might not really be smiling in the moment. And I, social media is definitely hard. I think looking, being, especially TikTok, you see all these people posting these girls and you're jealous of them. And like, they have these perfect like figures. And I think, I haven't been affected by that as much as some people I know, like my friends have really, really struggled with that. And that has been hard to watch my friends struggle with stuff like that and body dysmorphia and all different kinds of things. Um, Overall, it has not personally harmed me, I would say, other than just wasting my time, Mm -hmm. time I should be spending with my family and in person. But I definitely know very personal experiences of how it has affected my friends. I mean, you've had, you, you've had, you've had friends of yours that have been hurt uh, mentally, I think, physically, thank God, but scared, whatever it might, right? I guess. I haven't had any... Or made to feel like, or made to feel like they weren't included or they want... Social media, you, you mentioned, you know, you can be some kid in high school, like you, you, you use yourself as an example, but there, think about all the kids that maybe don't get invited to that party or don't get invited to this thing or can't go on a spring break vacation. And they're seeing all these other things, right? I mean, it has to have an effect of some kind on on a kid at times, right? For sure. And I think posting pictures on your social media is a fun thing. Like taking pictures with your friends, whether you're on spring break or whatever you're doing is fun. But I also think a lot of times people just dismiss the facts that other kids aren't as fortunate to be able to do such things. And it's not fair for them to be scrolling through their Instagrams and seeing this. But I also think if you're on the other end of the bus and you're not able to go on a spring break, you can't bury yourself in your phone making you wish and wonder why and taking it out on yourself and your life. Like You need to go be your own person and find your own happiness because spending your time burying yourself in social media 
and staying focused on the fact that you're not maybe doing what they're doing is not what is not a good time. That is not good time spent at all. I want to talk about um, looking for colleges. Um, look, yeah. you, you'll be the first one to admit, and, and I mean, I know that, that, that you appreciate all the opportunities and, and things you've been given to uh, go to college. But you apply to colleges, and, and, and when you're sitting there as a you know, sophomore in high school and your, your school counselors are saying, hey, we need to start thinking about this, whatever it is, as you look back on it now, we'll, we'll get into some of the specifics in a minute, but as you look back on it now, if you were giving advice to parents or kids who are getting ready to start looking at colleges, what advice would you give them? My strongest piece of advice is if you're a junior going into your senior year of high school, you need to start your common application as soon as possible because that is something that is open before August 1st, before the colleges release their prompts, just information that you fill out, whether it's your honors or your activities, that does take time and it adds up and it is so crucial that you do that in the summer and get that over with because when the colleges do release their prompts, you're going to be stressing out over your essays and your college essays and you will feel so much more relieved if you have the common application out of your way. All right. What about now when it comes time, you get that done, you know, hopefully, you know, your, your mom or dad or somebody in your family can help you with that school counselor, whatever it might be, and, and staying on top of that and the dates you need to have it done by and everything else. But, 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 but now all of a sudden, I mean, you got a billion colleges, you know, from the biggest school in the country, uh, whatever it is, Ohio State, whatever it might be, right, just up the road from mm -hmm. us here, or the smallest school, which could be right down the road at some local community college, junior college, whatever it might be. Well, where do you even start? I was very fortunate that my mom and I started touring schools at the end of my sophomore year. We toured schools throughout the entirety of my junior year. I saw... Especially because of COVID. Especially because of COVID. I had... We got all of my tours done before COVID really hit strong. And I was so fortunate to have a mom who took me and wanted to see schools. And honestly, when we started, we just went in blind. We picked three Southern schools, all a little bit different from each other, went down, toured them. And then after seeing those three, you kind of have an idea of what you want. So I just recommend picking three schools. If, if you're thinking in terms of Cincinnati, Ohio State, a big school, UC, and Miami. They're all very different schools if you think about them. If you go tour, you can drive, you can go see all three, and then you'll have an idea of what you want, what size you want. That's so important. The environment that you want. Do you want to be in a city? Do you want to be in a suburb? Do you want to be in the middle of nowhere? It's, it just You just need to figure out what you're really looking for in a school. I don't know how you can just use those three schools and leave out the Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. <laughs> By far the prettiest schools of all of those you just mentioned. All right, um, there were a couple schools you really want to go to, and this happens to a lot of kids. You apply, um, and you weren't denied. You got in most of the places you wanted to go, but there is such a thing out there, for those that don't know, of a wait list. And so that's what you do, is you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait. What do you do? Do you have to go find another school in case you don't get off the wait list? Were they good about contacting you to tell you that, that, that you were not going to get in? Or are you still waiting as we sit here, even though you've made a decision about college? Are you sitting here in June, and there are schools you haven't heard from? I am, and I think... You are waiting. I am waiting. I, it's... Um, I'm not going to express any hard emotions on here, but um, 
I did not get denied from any of the schools that I applied to. However, I think, well, I know for a fact that this year colleges used the wait list a lot more than they normally would just because of the uncertainty with COVID. And there are a couple schools that I'm still waiting to hear back from. And I think at that point, the, the decision to put down money has passed and to declare your school. And I viewed it as when I got waitlisted at a couple of these schools, I just was disinterested in them right away. And that's just what happened to me. There were schools that I really, really liked and wanted to go to, and I ended up getting waitlisted at them. And then I just looked at another school and I just liked it better, the ones that I got into. It's hard to appreciate a school that waitlists you because there is no final closure or decision. Well, I mean, it's like anything else. You, You want to go somewhere where you feel wanted. For sure. And that's why I made my college decision because the school that I really, really wanted to go to and that was the school of my dreams did waitlist me. And I did everything. And you're still waiting, by the way, on that school. I am. Which is a Southern school in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and we'll leave it at that. And it was that was extremely frustrating because I did everything. Like I contacted the dean. I had my I had my interviews. I had a ton on my resume. I thought that there was a chance I would get in. I knew it would be really hard, but I really just wanted an either a yes or a no. And that was extremely frustrating. But honestly, right when they waitlisted me, even though it was a school of my dreams, I was just like, heck no, I don't want to go to school that doesn't want me. There are other schools that I got into that were throwing me money, throwing me scholarships. I got accepted into multiple honors colleges. And those are just so much more appealing than a school that just waitlists you. All right. Your senior year, uh, your dad, me, um, is on television and it's during a commercial break. And somehow, some way it gets uh, out on the internet that your dad used a homophobic slur. You are a uh, senior in high school, and tell me what your reaction was. What happened? Well, I remember the moment like it was yesterday. Mom and I were walking the dogs, and she got a text from you saying what happened. And I was just very confused. I was startled. I didn't know what to think of it. And I got multiple texts and multiple people reaching out to me right away. And I didn't know what to think because I did not understand the gravity of the situation at all. And then by the time I woke up the next morning, Tom Brenneman was trending on Twitter and I had hundreds of messages. And the messages that I received, I was extremely terrified that they were going to be hate towards our family and towards me. But there are multiple people from my high school, especially those I would like to thank that are heavily involved in the LGBTQ community at my high school. And these are people I've had classes with forever. And their text messages to me were nothing but positivity and encouragement, telling me that they've known me my entire life, that this doesn't reflect who I am, that they're grateful to have me, and they know that this is not what I've wanted and that they're here to support me. And that opened my eyes tremendously because out of all the people that could be angry, those would be the ones to be the most angry and that would be the most affected and that would be the most hurt. And they were showing me nothing but kindness and support. And for that, I'm so grateful. And it really just opened my eyes that even no matter what you're associated with anywhere in your life, as long as you treat people correctly and you are open and outgoing and under, try to understand others, they will show that back to you. And that's the response that I received. And I am so grateful for that. To yeah, but you had to be, you know, look, every kid out there um, in some form or fashion, it could be that their parent is an alcoholic. It could be that their parent is um, whatever it might be. Um, we, it's hard to be embarrassed by your parent 
when you're in high school. I mean, you had to be embarrassed by your dad. I definitely was. And, like, there were people from school that were posting things that were saying to fire you and to get rid of you. That obviously I saw, and that was hard. But I really just embraced it as something that wasn't reflecting me. I think I did a really good job. And Luke and I, my brother and I, were both very strong with it. And it was really hard because it was – it happened a couple of days before we started school. Like I was walking in to my first day of senior year with teachers, with classmates just staring at me, knowing exactly what happened. And a couple of gay teachers. A co- one made a comment with me the first day of school. Not a mean one, but one. And that was a little hard to hear, especially because that's the last thing I wanted to hear about. Mm. And I just addressed it with strength and it has made me stronger for sure. You think your faith helped you in that? I think definitely because you know that God will love you no matter what and then that wasn't me and he will love you no matter what. So just staying strong and persevering is all you can do. Um, I want to talk about the most important person in your life and that is your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I, I mean, you giggle as soon as I say her name. Um, what's the first thing that comes into your mind when you think about your mom? She's honestly really confusing to me. <laughs> She, well, I'm sure she'd appreciate that when she listens. Confusing? <laughs> well, my mom is awesome. She's She displays every single type of characteristic you can think of. She's patient. She's kind. She's so welcoming. And she also, like, there's a side of her that's just so quiet sometimes. And then you also see her laughing and loud. You see everything. And she's definitely, she's been there for me no matter what. And we've definitely had our ups and downs. We fight a lot and I think we fight because we're very similar and there's not one person that I like to do stuff more with we've done a ton together she was with me when we toured all of these schools and every single time I'm with her we have so much fun and I love her so much and she has done so much for me she helped me revise all my college essays she is involved in everything she wants me to be the absolute best I can be and for that I'm so grateful for her and I actually don't know what I'm going to do without her next year have you ever had friends um, that all of a sudden have had, you know, uh, a riff with their mom or their dad and all of a sudden, you know, they're not getting along and, 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 you know, if you had any advice for any of those people, if there is such a friend, I mean, you, you can't let that happen, can you? You with, can't with let it happen, especially, especially now that I know that I'm leaving for school so soon. You want to end on the most positive note that you can. And like, even towards the end of my senior year, I found myself wanting to go to more family dinners. I asked to go out to dinner with my family all the time, to play family tennis, to do stuff with my family because you don't realize how little time you actually have left. Because once you go to school, you're not in your house as much at all. And you will not have that same bond living with your family as you did throughout your high school years. And I just think even if you have a riff, you know that you love each other so much and that has to be stronger than whatever little argument that you have. Have you actually thought about the moment where your mom and dad, and and again, you're a fortunate young lady, and I think anybody who's listened to this can acknowledge that that, that you understand that Um, and that you've had incredible opportunities in your life and will continue to, Um, but you've worked very hard to get a lot of those opportunities. But have you thought about the moment, and, and this will be a moment, where your mom and dad take you to college, you move into your dorm, you have a roommate that's from another city, you don't have any of your high school friends around anymore, 
and you give your mom and dad a hug and a kiss, and then they close that door and walk out the door. Have you thought about that moment? I don't want to think about that moment <laughs> until it comes. That's too much to deal with. Um, I also have heard, well, I know for a fact that moving day is so stressful and there are so many emotions because you're excited, but you're also sad to be leaving your family. And I think that moment where I say goodbye is going to be really hard and challenging, but I'm also going to be at a brand new campus with a ton of faces and with my roommate and wanting to get to know people. So I think after the first week is when it's really going to settle in and when it's really going to hit me because that's when I'm settled and I know where I am and I feel more comfortable. And then that's when I'm going to start missing my family. I think you guys will get plenty of FaceTime calls from me. I sure hope so. Uh, Before we let you go, okay, you're going to go, at least the plan is to major in business. So if I'm sitting here by the grace of God with Ella Mae Brenneman, or if you have a different last name by then, and and we're sitting (laughs) around in 10 years from now, you would like to be doing, let's start professionally, like to be doing what? Okay, so for a while, I thought I wanted to go into the medical field, but then I didn't want to go to all that school. But now I'm majoring in business management, and I'm so excited because all my DECA events that I've done throughout high school have been marketing or management related, which I have absolutely loved doing. And I know that I want to be a CEO of a company. CEO. So recently, I've had the new idea that I want to be the CEO of a hospital and run a hospital because I love, I think the medical field is so fascinating, but I also love business and being able to combine those those two would be awesome. So the goal is to be a CEO of a hospital. Okay. Now I know you're not going to college to look for a husband, but that does happen (laughs) from time to time to people. What about Ella Brenneman in 10, 12 years from now as a person? Well, I always tell myself, I hope I'm making more money than my husband because I hope to be successful on my own and work really hard to get there. Um, A husband will come in time. I'm going to be more focused on my career and myself rather than finding a husband. In 10 years, I will be 27. Um, I hope that I have a stable, secure job by then. Maybe I have a boyfriend or a husband. No kids. That's a little early for kids. Okay. Those will come a little later, probably. I want to be able to enjoy my 20s and be able to find a really good job. What about puppies? Oh, gosh. We're going to have plenty of dogs in my household. Okay. I, we're going to have multiple. All rescues. All my little mutts running around. Absolutely. Well, Ella, it has been awesome having you on the show. I know that uh, for a 17-year-old, this isn't the easiest thing in the world to sit down and do, but you are awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you good? I'm great. All right. We thank Dave Armbruster, our producer engineer, for uh, getting everything together. We thank Ella Brenneman. Uh, That was not an easy interview to do for her dad. And uh, I'm going to miss her. I love her more than anything in the world. But I'm excited for her. So is her mom, Polly Brenneman. And her brother, Luke Brenneman. All right. We'll catch you next week on Dialed In. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. 
Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.